What's up, everyone? Welcome to Rising from the motherfucking ashes. Mother- I'm Danny Knocky Dan, and I'm the homie Romy. What is happening with y'all? What up, dog? Today we got Grimerica <laughs> on the show. Whoa, you talking about like Grimerica, the Grimerica show? Those guys? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's going to be tight. Graham and Darren. We get into <laughs> all kinds of different shit. You know, we talk about everything from consciousness to Bigfoot, Atlantis. What else we talk about, man? Man, I fully, fully don't remember. I was completely blacked out with pure bliss of talking to the Grammarica boys. I was like, I feel like a little fanboy right now. Y'all are some big time podcasters. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, I started listening to Grammarica probably shortly after I started listening to the Higher Side Chats. Uh, and pretty much those were the only two podcasts I listened to for probably like a year. Solid content. Uh, and then before I even started like going, Hey, what else is out there? You know, because I, I probably went through like two or three years of THC and then, uh, probably a couple years of crime America. So then I was like, Oh, what else is, I wonder what other podcasts there are. And then I started looking for other stuff. Cause I didn't know what to look for, you know? It, it was confusing. It's really hard, honestly, to navigate yourself in the podcast world. Yeah. And that was like three or four years ago, too. So shit, there wasn't as much as there is now. Now it's kind of getting more saturated. There's a lot of different new podcasts coming out and everything. My else, first so. podcast was, uh, was Radio Lab. I used to be really into Radio Lab. And I, um, I've, Especially since the whole COVID situation, I've I've realized that Radio Lab is inc- and NPR is incredibly into the, like the leftist agenda, like major. Like you could just tell. And the thing is, it's like if you know, not to get into politics and shit, bro, because that shit is so boring. It's so linear, but mm-hmm. not really. It's incredibly deep if you look at the facets of you know control or whatever. But. NPR and stuff, they're just so left. They're so anti anything else that isn't 100% politically correct or on that path, that agenda that it's just like, wow, I actually had to stop listening, especially, you know, during the whole COVID shit. They were just backing it up, backing it up. And I was like, damn, I really thought Radiolab was going to, you know, hold tried and true. But, you know, they probably had bosses they had to listen to and want to stay on the air yeah. and all that fun jazz. But Radio Lab's yeah. pretty tight, though. Have you ever listened to it? No, you man, Radio I Lab at all? Oh, no, damn. I haven't. There's a lot of shows I don't listen to. I have, like, my main, like, probably five or six that I listen to. And then when I get bored or I've listened to all their newer stuff, then I go check out other shit. But, yeah, for the most part, it's just pretty much about four or five different ones that I listen to consistently. Let's get to that, uh. RFTA News. RFTA News. There we go. There it is. What you got for us today, homie? 
Yo, everybody, still on the oral morals, if you feel me. The uh, the oral care moral library of understanding the connectiveness. Cup the balls. <laughs> <Cup> the balls. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still on the oral health kick. That's, and- that's oral care. Oh. There you go. There you go. He's talking about if you. I'll let y'all figure out if if, if you know what he's talking about. Um. So redo uh, it. I'll cut it out. No, don't. <laughs> don't. Just let it be. Just let it be. Let it be. So, uh, um. He, so, uh, I know y'all let have heard of this be. because it's been all over the internet for for a bit on different blogs and stuff. But y'all know I'm into Ayurveda, and Ayurveda is in fact the oldest medicine practice that's uh, that we know of in in history that and in, in within the paradigm. And uh, and today we're talking about oil pulling. Okay. Oil pulling, a brief description of oil pulling, what it does, you can basically use any fat for this. Um, you can even use milk. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I'm, they're using milk in India. They obviously have a different, you know, they use ghee and milk. They, they have a lot different respect for the dairy over there than we do. But you can basically use any oil. And you, you you swish it around in your mouth, and what happens is as your mouth starts to create saliva, the lipids from the fat um, uh, basically absorb into the saliva, and it swishes um, and pulls out toxins of your mouth. And it can be so strong and so medicinal sometimes that people will experience headaches from it when they're really pulling deep toxins in their mouth. Some people will cry. You know, um, it, it's mm. really strong and it really works. It's it's been around for about three thousand years, right? And so oh, I have wow. an article here from the uh, National Institute of Health, um, which is which is interesting, right? It's been around for that long, and which makes me I really that we've been making oil for that long and fat extracting fat from seeds and plants, which. You know, um, in my, you know, feeble American mind, I just thought, of course, we were just, you know, vegetable oil and sesame oil and, and all these, these oils were recent, you know, since the industrial revolution, just because it's where my narrow hallway went. But, but really we've been, we've been making, um, extracting fat out of plants for a long time, which is really cool to think about. Anyway, so here we go. Um, oil pulling in complementary and alternative medicine is a procedure that involves swishing oil in the mouth for oral and systemic health benefits. It's systemic because uh, directly correlates to the vagus, vagus uh, nerve, which I will do an entire segment on later. The vagus nerve is incredibly important. You when none of us realize how important it is unless you know about how important vagus nerve is. Anyways. It involves swishing oil in the mouth for oral and systemic health benefits. It is mentioned in the Ayurvedic text um, where it is called Kavala or Gandusha, and it is claimed about 30 systemic diseases ranging from headache, migraine, and diabetes to asthma. Oil pulling has been used extensively as a traditional Indian folk remedy for many years to prevent decay, oil malad- oral malador, bleeding gums, dryness of throat, cracked lips, and strengthening of the teeth, gum, and jaw. Oil pulling therapy can be done using oils like sunflower oil and sesame oil. The sesame plant 
been considered a gift of nature to mankind for its nutritional and desirable health effects. Sesame oil is considered to be the queen of oil seed crops because of its beneficiary effects. Brushing is actually contra indicated in the cases of mouth ulcer, fever, indigestion, and those who have a tendency of vomiting, asthma, or cough or heavy thirst. Oil pulling can be used to clean the oral cavity in all of these cases. Gandusha and Kavala Graha are two primary oral cleansing techniques, specialized therapy to treat and prevent oral diseases. Gandusha envils filling the mouth completely full with fluid so that gargling is impossible. In the Gandush, the oral cavity is filled with liquid medicine and held for about three to five minutes and released. So you fill your mouth up all the way and you just let the oil do its thing. It can be rather uncomfortable. Um, uh, but Kavala is the more conventional and everyday uh, type of oil pulling. It's a comfortable amount of fluid uh, retained in your mouth and closed for about three minutes, gargled. Um, it's a simple rejuvenating treatment, which when done routinely enhances the senses, maintains clarity, and brings about a feeling of freshness and invigorates the mind. The oral cleansing technique can also benefit bad breath, dry face, dull senses, exhaustion, anorexia, loss of taste, impaired vision, sore throat, and all kapha-related imbalances. So I'm not going to go on any more about this because I'm going to tell you guys just my experience with oil pulling. Um, yet again, I'm into the oral health and oral care because I had a tooth fall out of my mouth. And since I switched from mainstream toothpaste and wash and stuff like that, the blackness in my gums. Yes. Fucking disgusting. I had black in my gums. So, um, but it went away. It's actually started slowly, slowly, slowly started to go away. And I'm at the point now to where it's almost all gone. And I, I oil pull now, which I'm kind of obsessed with because it makes my mouth feel so fucking good afterwards. Um, and it's kind of fun. Uh, and I, and you know, I use like crazy, you know, toothpaste with like clay and salt and silver and cloves and all this crazy stuff in it. And since I strayed away from that other stuff, my friends, my mouth has been feeling great. And when I was talking about the uh, vagus nerve, um, it's your 10th uh, cranial nerve that stems throughout all of your digestion and your reproductive organs. It's basically the biggest nerve in your body, um, controlling everything from your emotions to your addictions to everything. And so when we really start to realize that all of the body's organs and and uh, we're all connected, the brain, the body, the gut, the knees, the toes – it's all connected. So we have to have to make our bodies as free as chemical and refined sugar and process things as possible. I know how hard it is, but it is so important to fight the battle that we're fighting today with, uh, you know, with trying to get to these, um, these, uh, these higher vibrational, uh, style living communities, you know, and th this is, uh, this is the path we're going. So try it out. Try oil pulling. If you guys like it, um, let us know uh, how it works for you, and uh, and we'll shout you out on the pod. Yeah, excellent, man. I'm gonna. I want to try that. You Just should, cause dude. I like pain because I like pain. <laughs> well, if it hurts, that means you got a lot of toxins. Uh, it's toxic. Uh, it's detoxifying your mouth, um, and you needed it. So, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Right on, man. So today I was going to talk about magic, especially like the magic of words and spelling and curse words. So I've always been fascinated with gods of all different types of religions. And some people may have seen God like charts where they try to equate Zeus to Enki or whatever. And I've done it several times and it's always very hard for me to figure out because once I think I have it, I don't have it. So what I did one time was I noticed that some of these God words, like the root words for gods are in a lot of everyday words that we use. And because language and spelling is magical, when we say these words, we're giving our energy to that God is kind of my feeling about it. So I got about five or six different ones, gods on here. And I'm just going to share some of those with you guys. So one is Baal. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of the god Baal. Uh, It's also where the word bull comes from. Uh, There's the Baltic Sea, Belzebub, Baalbek, Baltimore, Balance, Cannibal, Cabal. Every sport has a ball. Uh, even the word bell, balloon, balcony, ballot, baleful, bald, ballistic, ballerina, cannonball, verbal, global, <laughs> barbell, babble, Damn. ballast, ballad, and Kabbalah. Those are some of the few words that I have found with ball in it. So I want you guys to see if you can find any different ones. Hit me up. Tell me what they are. Uh, Also, for the moon, I started associating with the god Lucifer with the moon. Most people don't. They associate him with like Saturn or uh, the sun or some other shit. But when you look at the word uh, Lou, Lou is uh, a god in uh, uh, like Norse Celtic mythology. And if you look at the word uh, for moon, it's uh, like lunar, Lou, lunatic, Luna, Lucifer, luck, lunch, Lewis, luminary, luminate, illuminati. Ludicrous, lust, luxury, lucrative, lucid, lubricant, lumber, lustrate, uh, loot, lungs, lumeria, lump, lucent, lurk, lush, fluid, flu, flush, and vellum. Damn. So, and that's just two examples of gods. Another god that people are probably familiar with would be Ra, right? Uh, The sun god of Egypt. 
Uh, there's Israel, Israel, Ray, Ram, Race, Religion, Rockefeller, Wrath, Ration, Radio, Radioactive, Rampage, Rattle, Ranch, Raunchiness, Ratify, Rapture, Rat, Rap, Random, Rare, Ratio, Raspberry, Brain, Ragged, Dragged, Rage, Radiation, Racketeers, Rain, Raffle, Ramble, Ransack, Rapid, Raven, Travel, Unravel, Rail, Radical, Razor, Raccoon, Rabbit, Rascal, Raised, Rate, Ravine, Radish, Raisin, Rancid, Rabies, Radium, Raptor, Range, Rally, Ramps, Raja, which is a ruler in East India, Trance, Reiki, Rape, Raft, Rain, Rabbi, Extra, Extra, Natural, Ultra, Geography, Graphic, Holographic, Biographic, Administration, Character, Strata, Transport, Conspiracy, Pirate, Corporation, Consideration, Demonstrate, Abram, Brahma, Maharabharata, Rama, Pray, Prana, Tetra, Bravo, Terra, Crave, Cobra, Fraud, and Frame. Oh, Bobby Blue. That's a lot of words with raw. Uh, are you are you so are you are are you saying that like all the words that we know are based off of a uh, lineage of like God? The word yeah, like, it seems like same. a lot of the root word of words contains a God's name. That's that that's in- rather interesting. <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird, dude? <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's really uh, weird. And some of the things that connect to that God too are like, like for raw, you have like you know ratio. I think that's an interesting one because it goes to like the circle and kind of measurement. What and about then there's jaw? Also jaw. Yeah. Jaw. J a. Jaw. Yeah. 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 Where's Jerusalem? Jaw bring us from Zion to Babylon, boy. Yahweh. Uh, <laughs> so also there's one for the sun. The sun is known as Sol in Greek or Roman. Uh, but there's solitude, solstice, Solomon, solo, solar, solve, solvent, Solving soldiers, solid, so, solid, solidify, solace, solicit, soldan or sultan, sold, console, consolidate, absolute, isolation, lysol, desolate, mythology, which is hatred of reason, argument, and enlightenment, dissolve, resolve, and resolution. So there's a lot of words for Saul, too. I have two more different gods, EA and uh, and 
I just have a few for EA. Ocean, Earth, Dream, Sea, and Boria or Hyperborea. I like that guy. That's my favorite god so far. Tell me more about EA. EA is the same as the god Enki. That was his name before Enki. Uh, so EA is contained wow. within the Earth. EA. Wow, that's that's crazy interesting. And Enki is also the god that's associated with the waters Reach. that's coming from his hands. Uh, Reach, so he's, teach. Oh, there you go. Each, yeah. Um, uh, he's also associated with Poseidon. So it's interesting that he's associated with ocean and earth and the dreaming and the sea. So those are all things associated with Inky or Poseidon or Neptune, which he is the uh, father of Atlas, who is the god of Atlantis. So if EA's son uh, and Sumerian was Atlas, then that would probably have been Marduk would have been Atlas, which was probably uh, also the ram and probably um, maybe even Zeus. But it gets really confusing when you try to like decipher different gods uh, based on other gods because it changes so much that you have to go by what their attributes are and not by their names. Like, you know, Hermes is like uh, Mercury and Thoth, but he's also several other ones. But it, but once you try to go into other different belief systems, it's really hard to figure out like who Hermes is. Some people associate Odin with Hermes, but sometimes you could associate Odin with Anu and they can't all be the same. So it, like it's it gets really difficult so i found that using words and trying to find the root words of these gods was another way to figure out who they could be uh because there's lots of different associations with them that way also just a fun little side project love that (laughs) it's tight yeah so now when you go around looking at words or you say words, you're going to be like, oh, shit, there's another one. You're just going <laughs> to see them fucking everywhere now. And you're going to be like, damn, God damn it, Daniel. Why did you do that? Sorry, man. Damn it, had Daniel. To be, <laughs> had to be done. Had to be done. Now you let's can't Let's start writing them it. all down. Let's do it. Everybody, let's go. Let's create a database. Yeah, there's. Uh, you could do it for Jaw. You could do it for Zeus and Jesus. The S-U-S at the end of uh, Zeus is like the, I forget, it's, uh, I'm not very good at language. It's like a suffix or, so it's like at the end of the word. But like okay, suffix well. is like, I think it's like junior, Mrs. I, th- I thought like a, a pre-suffix. Or a suffix was like the the part of the word at the root part at the beginning. Like, you know, in mm. Sumerian, they use like two or three letter words and then a dot and then another two or three letter words. Yes. Asian, and then in- ing, itis. Yes, yes. Yes. I just looked it up. 
So yeah, it goes at the end, and it's um, yeah, the the ads or the ings or the tings. Yeah, exactly. You add it the to the parts of words, and it uh, it goes with it. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting thing, and because we're talking about different, you know stuff on on this show with Greg America. I thought that would fit in. Uh also I just wanted to tell everybody that we are value for value and we have a donation system. We have a link tree set up on our Instagram and there will be a link tree posted in the show notes of each show. You can click on the link tree. It'll show you all other podcast apps that we are on. And at the very bottom is a donate button. And please click the link free. Think if you get any value from our show and you want to donate to the show, it would be very helpful uh, for us. We want to do many more things, but we are broke ass fools. And by your donations, it'll help us to improve the podcast. Uh, we're going to try to, we're working on merch, we're working on t-shirts and art and a website and anything else that we can do for Less you guys. Less technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> Less technical difficulties for Roman. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, and, and all that goodness. So if you feel inclined, please show us some love. And if you can't donate, share our podcast. Tell your friends. Tell them to come check it out. Tell them where they can find us. Uh, Share it. Post it. Like it. Leave a comment. Send us an email. Uh, Any of that also helps. Uh, Yo, man. All right. Hey, y'all really enjoy this episode. We hope you do. And uh, yeah, remember that it's okay to listen more than once. It's okay to listen three times. And uh, it's really okay to uh, to talk about the things that we talk about with your friends. Fun conversational yeah. points. Especially uh, the 50 conspiracy questions to ask your normie friends on episode one, two, and three. Go check those out. Just Slip them into conversations and see what people do. All right, y'all. Enjoy this Grab America, and we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye. You're listening to
We got the Grimerica boys in here today, Graham and Darren. How's it going, guys? Hey, guys. Not too bad. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on the show. How's it up in the great Northwest? It's hot. It's hot up here. We're we're up, uh, we're up just east of the Rockies and outside of Calgary, and it's uh, it's hot. Yeah, It's not hot to Americans, though. That's true. <laughs> I, mean, when, when I, I mean, when I tell the Americans, it's like, dude, it's like 80. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> How hot is it there? It's true. I the other day I was like, it's got to be over a hundred, and I look at, I convert it to Fahrenheit, and it's only like eighty five. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> if it hits ninety here, it's like a special. It's yeah. That's like probably it's around thirty three. I want to say yeah. thirty three, thirty four is ninety, which is probably it's hit that once this year. Probably was close yesterday. Today it's probably like 80, 85 tops. It's it's weird because I'm I'm still getting I I haven't been in Calgary for ten years now almost, and it only it's only dark for four what four hours now maybe the birds the birds are chirping at like ten eleven at night and four in the morning they they chirp so it's a it's a time right now like right now is actually the uh, it's the longest two weeks of the year of course but and so here it's it's going to be only dark for a few hours and it's hot so it's very it's a very strange. Uh, time and then of course the summer like when i was a kid i always thought that it got light out in the summer but really it happens june so like the whole summer it already starts to get darker is that does that make a very astute observation (laughs) excellent observation does that make it better for seeing any uh sightings no it's worse that's the problem it's like you can't yeah you can't because it's you got, you got to wait till like one in the morning before you get the stars come out. It's hard to even go see the Milky Way here. You got to catch it like in the spring or the early spring yeah. or the late fall. Otherwise, I mean, you could go see that shit in December, I yeah, guess. What, it's probably yeah. magnificent, but it's cold as fuck. And that was my fault. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Rookies. And now in the summer, like if we want to go see the, the, the stars aren't coming out till midnight. Oh. Yeah, midnight is when that horizon is sort of fading. Yeah, 
Let's get into that a little bit. Graham, you like to go do the CE5s and stuff. Darren likes to make fun of you about it. So, Darren, have you seen any aerial phenomenon? Any UFOs? I've seen some shit. You've seen some shit? Yeah. But you still don't believe Graham or what? I don't care. I think (laughs) it's more of a thing. Like, maybe. (laughs) I'm sure. I don't think Graham's a liar. By any stretch of the imagination. So I'm sure whatever's going on out there is happening, you know, to them. Yeah. But I, I don't see why he doesn't think it's a big deal. I mean, this is <laughs> like Grant Cameron says, this is, if life was uh, football, this is the Super Bowl. The time we're living in no, is no, the Super see, Bowl. Like, Disclosure is the Super Bowl. Like, in my outlook or version of reality or whatever you want to call it, dogmatic corner of the world. You know, you guys are just like playing in the sandbox of possibilities by making things flash in the sky. I mean, it's like, this is what you guys are doing on a Friday night. I mean, it's it's not that. At least you're hanging out with friends, so it's better than just like watching TV. But I mean, you could manifest so much more than blinking lights. Maybe we are manifesting Maybe. more than blinking lights. Maybe. But blinking lights is Maybe the easiest thing to visually. crazy alien. Maybe. <laughs> But, you know, it's with love. So if we manifest it with love, maybe they're not so crazy. I mean, there's a lot of trust in that, right? This is like, I do struggle with it a little bit because why are they allowing what's happening on earth right now? You know, this, this sort of like ground swell or this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when people grassroots movement of contact, right? Why, why is it taking so long? Because they're, you know, they've obviously met with, some levels of our government or whatever. I, no, be, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Think they're flying around in those black triangles and the these tic tacs and stuff. It's I not all it's just. It's not all just TikTok. military grade. There's some. I'm uh, my new hypothesis is it's all coming from the moon. <laughs> is it really? That's it. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Darren's a moon guy. He thinks it's just old human. Old human? Like how old? But as far as like. Uh, Pre pre antediluvian, antediluvian. Wow, maybe earlier than that. Even. Wow, they've been on the moon. So yeah, at least twenty thousand, or at least fifteen thousand. Wow, years. that's fantastic. Wow, inside the moon. But as what, far as what's the, uh, Graham, what's the craziest thing you've uh, manifested out there? <laughs> no, we Flash had banks. some. We had some low flyers and lots of flashbulbs answering well, questions. Please describe and, a low flyer because that sounds like yeah. People are what, listening. What does that like, look like? Oh my god, they got buzzed by a UFO. Well, we did. I mean, it's it was in. It was like a like if you were to have like let's say a a low flying plane come through, right? What it look like? What was the light? <laughs> you couldn't see, the, <laughs> we couldn't see the the shape of the craft, but it was silent, and it came right across. Like it, it was in airspace. Like it was we'd considered a low flyer because it was very. It's because it was watched it come. We watched it come by. Like so, you think it wasn't in space? It's probably like five thousand feet, something like that. So, like lower than airplanes. Even. Low, yeah, yeah. It's deaf. That's what we say. We call it a low flyer. Drone. If you were watching air, no, it's totally silent. You can't hear my drone at five thousand feet. Uh, do you think you <laughs> through at five thousand feet all the way from one horizon to the next above us? Maybe well, it's going to be hard on the battery. I don't know. I mean, I just that's just I, my shit. That's just though. one of the things. I mean, I saw like a thing skipping. Way across the all the way across the sky from one side to the other, uh, flash like lots of uh flashing lights and twisty things. And, I mean, I don't know, it's 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 you know, it's 
when you go out in some nights, there's lots of activities, like 60 different things you could count from like mm. streakers or so-called shooting stars to fast walkers and flashbulbs. And da- Darren, bulbs. you got better stories or what? No, <laughs> but, no you, but UFOs. He he just you said you've I, seen all kinds of crazy things. What kind of crazy? You saw a couple, right? You saw one recently at uh, CAC, didn't you? I Were didn't you see there? that one. You, no. Oh, you weren't there. Me and Brandon ditched out. Uh, it was cold as uh, fuck, man. I, I think was, it's impressive that you can see your CAC. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, I seen one must have been 10 years ago now. I seen one, but it was just like I thought it was a satellite, and then it uh turned to the north and took off. And it was still bright out, too. It was probably must have been around maybe an hour before sunset type thing, maybe mm-hmm. a half an hour before sunset. That's sort of dusk when things are shining in the sky. Ooh, that's like golden. I thought it was a satellite of the for a, for a sweet abduction, but it could have just been. Tricks on me. I was smoking weed, so who oh, knows? <laughs> well, there was multiple people. So. There was multiple people that saw it. There's I mean, that's the thing. Like, the, how can you argue with all these people seeing things at the same time with the same group? I mean, it could be mass hallucinations and stuff, but I don't know. So I just think there's lots going on. What do you guys think the lights are? What do, what is what do you what are aliens? What are UFOs? What what is all of that stuff? Is you think it's something terrestrial? Or extraterrestrial, or is it energy? Interdimensional. What's your opinion on the that? earthly plane? Yeah, I think. Oh, it's sorry, all- sorry. I always forget yeah, the interdimensional. Yeah, plane. I think it's all the above. I think it's all the above. Maybe light beings, interdimensional ETs coming here. Darren's got his new hypothesis of you know pre-antediluvian people coming from the moon. <laughs> yes. And again, he thinks I'm crazy about the ET thing, right? Like. You think mine sounds crazier than yours? Oh, yeah, of course. But mine has more evidence. Yeah. Well, no, no, dude. There's a ton of evidence of ET. Oh, come on. It's all the... Roswell? Oh, it's just people... <sighs> no, no. None of your sightings count anymore because we don't... That's not ET. We don't know that the sightings are ET. Crash craft, uh, abduction. Crash craft could be from the moon, too. That. I mean, there's a lot of evidence. Yeah, the abductions yeah, they, could yeah. be from the moon, Yeah, too. yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. I like it. I want to hear more about your new theory, but well, yeah, I like, I like uh, to hear about it too. The moon, so because you guys talked about the moon in your in an episode I listened to, I, you, I, it's was, one of two things with the moon, and people don't like it. But there's one of two things going on there. One is either it's fucking well, it's three things. I'll give you three things. So it's either one, the moon um, was put there intentionally by someone. Two, intelligent design, whether that's simulation or God or the universe is intelligent or there's some sort of there's some sort of laws to the physical realm, whether it's like an electrical universe layout that that determines sizes and things like that that we don't understand. Or all the numbers are bullshit, esoteric, crazy bullshit on purpose, which would tie into simulation as well. Right. Maybe a maybe a facet of well, it's just like it's coming up with numbers, thinking no one's ever going to figure yeah. it out, or maybe they don't care because just a couple of the weird things with the moon are that for the one the one thing is that dismisses the capture theory is that all of the oxygen isotopes are the same as the ones on Earth, meaning it was formed at the same time as the Earth was formed, and or 
it was formed with piece of, with shit from the earth. Um, so it's it's exactly four hundred times. Well, not exactly, but it's it's exactly the same size, smaller of the sun as it is distance closer than the sun to Earth at the time of an eclipse, so that they appear the exact same size in the sky, which is about four hundred one four hundred the size. Uh, the moon does does a rotation every twenty seven point three days, a full rotation. It's also 27.3% the size of the planet Earth. The Earth does a full rotation every 366 days, 0.259. And the Earth is 366.175% the size of the moon. And then there's the other weird things, like it's only 180th, the 180th to 190th, the mass which leads to believe it's hollow or something else is going on there. Is it, um, is it, ma- does it have a mass enough? It has tides, a bunch, do they think, or? It has a bunch of, I don't think, I don't, I'm not, I don't know enough to comment about the tide, part. about the tides, but <clears throat> I'm not convinced that you need the moon. For okay. The tides, All right. But I'm, I'm just, I'm talking out of my ass on that. But anyway, um, so the other interesting thing is that all of the, all of the the most of the mass of the moon, the heaviest portions of the moon are on the near side to Earth, and that's referenced by NASA when they were trying to orbit it. There's hard to orbit because of all the gravitational anomalies on the front side. The other interesting thing about the near side of the moon is that's where all the biggest impact craters ah. are, which would lead us to believe that whatever fucking hit the moon to make those giant craters, the Maria, was probably smashing into the Earth at the same time, probably. Ah, but it was. And lately they've just come out and said that there seems to be like metal, giant metal anomalies underneath the surface of the moon. There also seems there's a bunch of craters on the moon. None of the craters on the moon seem to match the depth to width ratio that we see on Earth. Uh, Whereas if anything, the the depth should be deeper since there's less mass. We should we should predict a deeper depth to whatever ratio, and we don't see that. In fact, we seem to, we seem to see a hard limit on how deep a crater on the moon. Can go. Oh wow, really? Eh? Like nothing has gone deeper than that, yeah, maybe because wow. it has yeah. less of a gravitational pull force yeah. in it, so it, like doesn't allow much impact to happen because it has less of a a mass. It has more on. Yeah, it could be. But it should, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, whatever's moving that fast should, should dispel. I mean, it should just fucking yeah. blow this thing in half. It's almost- and, you know, there's, there's crazy. It's about Osiris entering the moon. Osiris enters the moon on the 17th day, the same day Noah enters the ark. Um, all that sort of oh. fantastic thing. It is almost systematic. <clears throat> Sounds like fantastic. The moon. I mean, all the most, all the smartest people in the world can't explain why the moon's there. And most of them will tell you that it's the, the, I mean, so the, what the last quote I read was like, it'd be the easiest explanation for the moon and all its anomalies is that it's just some sort of fucking hologram and we're hallucinating. Or it's like, it seems like it's so systematically it placed that in order to maybe potentially because- terraform the earth or give the earth's atmosphere, if we, you know, it were to be created by some whatever divine force that terraformed this planet to make it so perfectly generated that it would be like it's there on purpose this size because 
it just makes sense systematically in the numbers, you know, that uh, there was a theory, I think it has to do with like the, the old Saturnian theory where we had another sun in the, in the galaxy and then that dwarfed out and then everything started coming this way as, as this sun was the next nearest star. And then life forms were looking for, as their planet started to degrade, they were looking for other planets to inhabit. And so the moon was kind of this like this base where it was a communication port where they could kind of use earth as a entry point. And like they would go to the moon and it would be like, like a programming board of sorts. That was a really trippy thing I heard, but it, you know, it involved uh, the second sun kind of thing, like our, our original sun. And uh, you know, you guys, you guys follow Cross triple seven at all. Well, a little bit. We had him on a few years back, but not so much. He's got the whole second sun uh, theory going on right now. He's working on that. He's got like the video captures of the second sun and shit. And it's all trippy, man. Like it's so, there's so many anomalies. You're right. It's, it's, I mean, it's, uh, you can go just so deep with it or it's shallow. Like the craters. Weird. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) You guys like to talk about synchronicities. Uh, on your show a lot what do you what do you what do you think that is what do you think that mechanism is what when you have those synchronicities what's the meaning behind it i mean a spiritual meaning is it i don't know the mechanism and i don't think you're supposed to ask that question (laughs) (laughs) what what do you mean you don't ask what the juice is when you eat a pickle man I heard, I heard, I heard you guys. Somebody bugging you about asking them what the mechanism behind oh, that was. Oh. So you're like, yeah, that was uh, on the uh, down the rabbit hole podcast. Yeah. That was the uh, yeah. other host, Tyler. He was asking what the mechanism is. Oh, was it? Oh, that's hilarious. I thought that was you guys. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't me. Okay, so. uh, what I believe synchronicity is is when you live or operate within the natural laws of the universe, you pick up these synchronicities as confirmation that you're on the right path. That's pretty much what I was going to say about it. As far as the spiritual meaning, I don't know about that being mechanically what happens. Cause Darren's probably got more of like a, uh, Electromagnetically uh, a different view of, of it. Fused. <laughs> but I, I do think that once you start becoming aware of them and you pay attention to them, like you have to be kind of in the moment to notice them, right? If you're just, if you're not, there you're not going to notice them so i i feel like the more you notice them the more they happen and then i think it is a way that you can tell that uh you're it's not you're on your path you know but there are weird weird times where i i get a whole bunch in a row and then i get none for a month or two so i do wonder why are they cyclic they seem cyclic to me yeah is that a is that an astronomical thing or is that just is that me that i'm not following my path during that that low cycle you know or it's so i do find that interesting what do you think, Darren? Uh, the Raider. The, the Raider? The Raider, the synchronicity. That's something. What was that jingle? The non-third party? Third Canadian, party. I am the third party. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's the biased Raider. Because if you donate to the show, you get a better rating. So As it it's should be. Like, <laughs> As it is, if you donate to the universe, you get a better synchro. <laughs> uh, it's like maybe future emotion or past. I think it's probably tied into future memory somehow or something to do with playing oh. with the she knows just like the guy saying hi you know the eric wargo kind of uh 
hypothesis where you you're, you're sensing you're sensing a future you're sensing your future emotion of uh acknowledging that coincidence or whatever hmm. it's a precognition thing instead of a okay. memory from your higher yeah. self your your astral your astral self your energy celestial body like being like hey bro remember remember when you go down this path you go and get some hugs and kisses later so do that well, it's, it's like a reminder that it's not, it's all fucking fake. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I knew Darren, Darren's going to go to the, uh, to the digital simulation cool. kind of thing, you know? I mean, cause it's, it's true. It does make wonder. Some of them are so crazy. Say it's like, gotta be how digital can that, or not digital, but what's the other word I'm looking for? The, not, it's well, not just real. Yeah. It's not real. It's not here. My eyes are playing tricks on me and so are my fingers. <laughs> Gross. It's, it's you know it's all just fields and energy but we're just pretending that doesn't matter because some of them are so outlandish they're so outlandish they can't be real like not real as in like it just how how do you how does it even happen right i mean the chances are so the, one of the best interpretations of it i've seen in like film was donnie darko you guys remember that I don't remember that so much. Yeah. I remember the film, but I don't remember what Like they had tubes coming out of their chest, which is where, you know, the the human toroidal field comes out. And it would kind of like designate what their path was going to be. And it would see, you could see like it played. That movie was incredibly trippy. I, I, I mean, it was far out. But when, if you've had some, you know, out of body or like psychedelic experience to, uh, kind of see that, little come out of your body and you could see the dark and the light, you know, kind of these evil spirits, good spirits from that. It was a, it was one of the only films I've ever seen that talked about that type of um, like synchronicity, the path, the shape, the shape of your path that you take and it, how it may be predetermined by your, you know, your psychic self or whatever, which is trippy. It was just a trippy movie. Predetermined by momentum that you can pull out of. You can. That's dope. That's a momentum where your head is. Don't start paying attention. Wow. <laughs> Must just keep going. Okay, I want to. I want to ask you guys because I have no idea. But it sounds like Darren, you definitely might be. Uh, might, might be able to get a little insight on this too. So, uh, this is a little trippy thought I had the other day. In this endless, vast abyss of the internet, do you guys think that uh, where it's like seemingly free and wild, right? The internet is this this thing that can be coded and you can create your sense of freedom in there, right? But someone had to create the zeros and ones. And I have this this weird sneaking like suspicion that the internet was almost created to have, give people a platform just as another sense of an extension of a simulation to put us deeper into a simulation. Does that, does that make, make any sense or ring any kind of bells there with uh, what we think the fucking internet is? And like the, do you guys think there's a deeper depth to that? Uh, I don't know. I think the internet was kind of an inevitable on our sort of evolution, whatever we're evolving towards. But uh, maybe. It doesn't seem to be a good thing. I mean, I'll say that. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. It's. I go back yeah. and forth on yeah. this. Cause, I mean, it's 
it's been good in some ways, but it's been it's almost like it's too fast. It'd have been good if it could have been slower. Almost like it was like you know, if we could have drawn this out. Yeah, it was fucking implemented at and in, in, in society at such a time, such a pinnacle time. Um, and the way that how I view things and my conspiratorial minded way of looking at how the fuck our society has been shifted after since the wars ended and you know these different forms of terrorism have come upon us and all the such. But it's almost like the internet is this thing that was implemented on everybody. It was like, hey, hey, here's a blank canvas for you guys. Here you go with your creative ingenuity. Also, it's an extension possibly of humans creation of trying to emulate the universe or like the cosmos. Like, because it's like, Almost like energetically, you might be able to, you know, like however the fuck terraforming a planet works, you can do that by coding and making this shit happen in the computer. So it's almost like an like a human extension of creating the universe. It's an interverse. Interverse. Internetiverse. <laughs> well, I mean, it should definitely be a sign or something that we can now just wirelessly send ones and zeros through the air and turn those into videos or real-time representations of our own face or, you know, what's, I mean, seems interesting to me. It's not, it's not that far off of probably how, how reality is working. Yeah. Yeah. That's the shit that trips me out. (laughs) It's just harder to code the reality. I mean, it's um it's start to seem more like this whole reality is some sort of a game. I mean, not to belittle the experience, but I mean it does explain the reincarnation side of things and the whole emptiness of everything and the fact that everything's just generated generated, really. It's just everything's Everything's energy, vibration. It's all just energy and vibrations, yeah. And I mean, it it almost seems like when it's all over, it's just going to have been some crazy game, and you know, or maybe not. But (laughs) it's I I guess that way you don't take it all too seriously because I don't I don't feel like the people that are taking it all too seriously are having a better time. They die off, right? In the game, maybe. Maybe. Or we die off and we're some NPCs. <laughs> well, we're just reincarnating into a frisbee. Would seem to be. <laughs> or just into more people. There's plenty of people. Plenty of people on the planet. It's interesting to see whether, I don't know, I feel like it's a digital. Uh digital manifestation of the Akashic Records oh, or yeah. something like. And remember, do you remember we, we had Jim El- Elvidge on and we were talking about, like, if you build a brain, something that can is capable, like with a bunch of neurons connected, will it be taken over by AI? Like, just automatically kind of thing. And I feel like that's what maybe is happening with the wow. internet. But I, I don't know if it was built on purpose. I don't know if they could have de- designed this on purpose. Maybe. I mean, because it did come from, didn't it come from DARPA in the originally or... Um, the military, the military. The I don't know if it was specifically DARPA, but I do think they're trying to to utilize it. <clears throat> like I'm, I'm skeptical of anything that goes viral now. I mean, they have that crown, crowd tangle, crowd tangle program where they they can. I I think they control what goes yeah. viral. So anytime something goes viral, on even when it seems like disinformation, like it seems like it would help our cause for truth. It, 
I'm yeah. just, if it, if it lasts more than a day, I, but I don't know if they can keep handle on it. I mean, I, I really don't know if they, I don't think they know what they're doing that much that they can keep a handle on, on what happens to this interconnected society. I don't it's think all coming that, down. Man. Yeah. It's all coming down. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, if it is the if it is the controllers that control us and it's the same ones that control the internet i'd say they're doing a pretty damn good job of keeping us in check if you look at everybody with the mask on their face yeah i would agree yeah. you I would agree. uh i would say that they're doing pretty well yeah i know i wouldn't have agreed to, i wouldn't have agreed a year and a half ago but yeah. now i i agree with you dude i i think it's just it's super disappointing how how little of us there is left really that question it i think with all things there's a good aspect and an evil aspect to it and it depends upon the person that's engaged with that how they handle that information or how they go about their business and because you can make anything a bad thing and you can make anything a good thing so it's it's really about perception. And if the perception is distorted through there is no e- evil modalities and non-healing yeah. modalities then then we just clamp on to that and that's it's kind of almost the point we're at with this whole keeping us sick constantly, sick spiritually and also physically, which is fortunately super easy to fucking flip and reverse, but not when you're sucking the proverbial straw of fucking lard from the fuck hole machine. Dear Lord. So I don't know what that spurt was. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. I mean, right now you can't even buy a camper in Canada because they're sold out with waiting lists. You can't buy boats because they're sold out with waiting lists. There's like 40% more people signed up for hunting this year. There's 35% more people signed up for fishing. Lists. There's just a general run back to the wild from what I can see. <laughs> I'm curious to see if it's going to stand up as everything opens back up. Are people still going to stay uh, turned off? Because, I mean, in a lot of ways, we needed, uh, I mean, a reset, for lack of a better term. But, you know, people were caught up in fucking all the wrong shit. All the wrong shit. And here's the thing. We're stuck with these people. And these people are voting for your future and my future and my kids' future. So whatever wakes some of these fucking people up, we need to do something. Because, you know, otherwise we're just going to get led to slaughter by a bunch of sheep. So it's got to, I got to look at it as a good in that point. But, but at the same time, I got to remember that, you know, I'm only responsible for me and my perception and, and not to not to project that onto anyone else in any sort of way because everyone else is sort of on their own journey and where I'm on my journey. So I'll sit here and flap my gums and this and that, but I reserve the right to be wrong about it all. And, you know, hopefully I'm not, but whatever. I, I think it's like the important thing through all this is just not to lose sight of your humanity and, and everyone else's at the same time, everyone else's at the same time, not to, to make sure you don't turn it into an us versus them sort of dichotomy because mm-hmm. you know, there's enough of those running around. Unless yeah. the them is the fucking government because it's <laughs> time for them to go. And I, but I, I'm thinking in the, in the next decade or two, we're going to see some real breaking down of some of these unions. 
Like I would be surprised. You want to talk about 2030 predictions. I would be surprised to see Canada look geopolitically the same as it does right now. I would be surprised like within, if there within still, Canada's- I'd be surprised there was still 50 fucking stars on the United States of America in, <laughs> in 10 or 20 years. I mean, I really think these, these giant mono countries, no, I don't think we're going to totally break down. I think you're going to see some sort of loose EU affiliation. Hopefully they can hang on to that. They'll try it. I mean, it seems best to hang on to that because I mean, I mean, it really feels like if the EU wasn't doing that, they would have probably slipped into skirmishes a couple more times over the last fucking 60 years since World War II even. You know what I mean? So it'd be nice. And I'd like to be able to just travel. You know what I'd like to see? Just the North American Union where all these motherfuckers, all the provinces, all the fucking whatevers sort of start doing their own thing. Um, we've got some sort of ease of travel. So you're, it all. you're thinking more of like a, a, a union it's overall. It's almost but a globalism in some say, but, but, but also a smaller democracy. Smaller autonomy. Alberta would act more like a country within a North Republic, America union. Republican yeah. North American yeah. union. Yeah. Yeah. And Mexico? Is Mexico to, included in that? Yeah. I yeah. don't think Mexico wants in, but we'll see what happens. We'll <laughs> Let's see do what that. Happens. So that would get some Tim um, Hortons down here. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe they do. It's not that good. It's not that good. But I think, and that stuff that I would have said, I would have said fucking even two years ago is crazy to think that you'll actually see, see states succeed from the union. You'll actually maybe see provinces, you know, try and leave Canada. And now, I mean, we're, we're fucking on the precipice of it. In Canada, the conversation is happening on, on changing constitutional terms in our constitutional act to break these things up. And I mean, right now, we just had a bunch of bodies found again from another residential school. So the whole Indian movement is getting going again. Hopefully, we'll see some, some change there. I'd like to see that handled a little bit differently. So who knows? I mean, it could be could be good. I mean, to me, the next decade's looking more exciting in a lot of ways than it did two or three years ago. So you've mentioned globalism, right? And you hear a lot of people talking about cryptocurrencies and how great it is and everything. But to me, I feel like cryptocurrencies is one more step towards globalism. But also, you also hear people like, we're one world, one love, and we all need to come together and be together. And isn't that kind of what globalism is, is coming together and being together. I think maybe the aspect yeah, of it that's hard to swallow is the fact that there's a one world ruler. That's the aspect maybe that's hard to swallow. Maybe how do we deal, how do we bring about global unity without globalism? By encouraging strong individuality, not by turning the third world into our fucking slave production department. Because, I mean, that's the thing you got to look at is like when you want to talk about actual fascism at the end of the day, the West is it. And, you know, all four people sitting at this table are are supporting it to some extent of it or another to the tune of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a year with our tax dollars. And that's, you know, that's for us to exploit poor people on the other side of the world so we can have cheap shit. And at the expense of our, the funny thing is it's like at the expense of our own jobs. <laughs> so it's all going to come around on us in the end. And it's, you know, it's too bad, really. It could have been so much better if we would have just not 
Because I mean, globalism, I mean, like Graham said, he used to be all for the globalism on its, on its face. It sounds great. It's like communism on its face and socialism on its face. It's hard to argue with that. And I mean, let's not forget that we're living in two of the most socialist countries in the history of the world right now. I mean, save the ones that aren't around anymore, but I mean, we're really at a no child left behind. No, especially in Canada, especially, you know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's people who are getting left behind. Don't get me wrong, but way the fuck less than there was 50, 60, 70, a hundred years ago, way less, way less people are getting left behind. So I don't know. I lost Globally my or in our country. I don't you know. know if, I, I just, don't know about in our country. I don't know if that's true. In our country. Yeah, for sure. It's true. true. Yeah. For sure. It's true in our country. Yeah. <clears throat> like from compared to say the forties. I mean, back in those days, there wasn't, there wasn't a food bank per se, or, you know, there's so many of these little social programs that we try and pretend we don't have, which I'm not arguing against. I think most of the social programs we have are good. You know, they serve the greater good. I don't want single mothers to be out on their ass. I don't want the old people to not be able to afford a place to live or medication or, or stuff like that. But, you know, we have all that stuff in the West now, a lot of it, which is, I think, okay. We could probably find a better way of doing it. I can't remember where I started this question on, how I got here. But I think it's like all that stuff sounds good on paper, the globalism and the socialism and the communism. But the problem is implementing it without violence or a ruling body becomes tricky. So now how do we enforce equality of outcome? How do we do that? That's hard to do. Well, that's hard to do in natural ability and all this sort of this. like that whole to each according to their ability to them, according to their need. That's, that's tyranny at its base. That's tyranny. That means just, that means I'm your bitch because you can't get your shit done where, and you know, that's like the whole fucking communist anarcho fucking catchphrase. That's the doctrine is from each of his ability to each, according to his need. And I just had a guy send me that yesterday and it's just like, well, that's tyranny. Mm -hmm. What gives you the right to my shit? Yeah. And if it is like that way. Why am I going to, why am I, my ability is going to shy away real quick. If I'm just, if I'm just doing it for, you know, I'd like to think that the human experience isn't that, but it is. And when it's forced, it is. Now, if I'm just filling my own bucket and that motherfucker's overflowing, then I'm helping people out all over the place, all over the place. But as soon as it becomes a forced thing from some sort of ruling body, like the state, then, you know, that's going to get dealt, that's going to get met with resentment eventually. Yeah. What what's your take on that globalist Graham? Well, I feel like we're, we should, <laughs> I, mean, I think we all want to be connected with people all over the globe, decentralized in a decentralized way, not decentralized. Not, not through a unelected, you know, an unelected group like the EU or something like that. I mean, that's just I think that's just asking for trouble. I mean, look at look that's at how they're trying look at how they're trying to make it happen right now. But I mean, I think crypto. That's why crypto is so controversial, I think, because it is a way that we can all get connected in a decentralized way. Hmm. So is that more uh, of a tribalism type aspect uh, of living in kind of tribal areas where you self-govern 
each other in your community. Uh, maybe like city cities govern themselves rather than states and countries. Yeah, that's kind Dude, of what Darren's saying about getting getting states. it as local as possible without you know uh, almost like the states are, but I don't know if that's working really. But uh, you know, uh, getting it like that and still being connected globally. Charlie Robinson was saying they're trying to bring us all back to feudalism, like feuding with each other. Uh, feudalism, living in like where there's a king and a castle, and oh, dude, I could get into that, man. I see. Get... I, I feel the same way. I feel like feudalism would feudalism actually is actually feudalism. not be too bad. It's like pretty much <laughs> the same thing, except I can go attack that motherfucker. I have an enemy now. <laughs> what I what I'm thinking about it is that in feudalist type societies, you know, the strong survive. And the weak die, and you kind of self-govern yourself, though, it, it, to an extent. Like, if you stay out of the way of the king and the queen, like, too much isn't going to happen to you. You're just going to live on your little hut that you have or property, and you're going to grow food and be self-sufficient. And when, so, uh, when shit sucks, everyone hates the king instead of fucking Graham and his fucking Democrat bullshit is ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> not that Graham's, Graham's a Democrat. I like how you're not calling me far right. Far right. <laughs> <laughs> All the way around. He's so far right, he's on the left. Yeah. And Roman looks like Hellboy. Yeah. He does. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you guys real quick. Um, super quick. Tic-tac, tic-tac, quick. You feel me? Um, real, let's go around the circle, yo, and ask, what's your guys' favorite, like, uh, kind of like in-your-face play on words? Like for an example, mine is NOAA, the National Oceanic uh, and Atmospheric Administration, right? Uh, is all about like the weather and rain and the ocean, but it's also named after NOAA, like NOAA and the Great Flood. Uh, and on that, they also have like all the information about weather manipulation that happens and all the cloud seeding that needs to get uploaded. So like flooding areas too. That was always kind of like a fun, like play on words, like with some weird, maybe esoteric symbolism or history behind it. Do you guys have any fun, fun ones of those? <sighs> well, Google is owned by the Alphabet Company. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be pretty in your face. Uh, I, I personally would go with uh, Apollo, the Apollo missions to the moon, were to the moon, yet they used Apollo, who is a sun god. What the fuck is oh, that what about? Is, that That's about? interesting. I think yeah. I, I think they ruined ISIS by ah, that I mean, the ISIS. They they just they they just they, you know they take over these words and phrases uh, and they use them for the yeah thing. yeah it's like either flipped yeah. or like in so in your face it's like it's like making fun of of like if you will even get it if you would even get you know know about it or whatever yeah like the good club. <laughs> You know, they just name everything opposite of what it really is. It's mm-hmm. so weird. Uh, so, so getting on to Bigfoot with those giant feet in the background over there, I know Darren's on team Kill Bigfoot and Graham's on team Save Bigfoot. What do you guys think Bigfoot even is? Do you think it's even a real thing or what is your take on that? 
I, I think it's real. I think it's, you can't, they can't, anything that you get thousands and thousands of people reporting, I just think you can't ignore it. Like uh, eventually, I mean, you could, you can't, I'm not saying like as, as a reality, I mean, or as something that needs further investigation. I mean, you can, in order to f- ignore it, if you're not interested in it, but, 50 years but there's, there's enough. thousands of people, man, they, they see stuff. They, they're not wrong. I mean, we're, everything's coming to light, man. UFOs are real. Bigfoot's real, you know, millions of people want you to get vaccinated. Yeah. Just saying. Hundreds uh, of millions. <laughs> yeah, millions of people think the virus is real. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, the, it's different. <laughs> Thousands it? of people are dying from it. So I'm not ignoring yeah. that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but a lot in the in our kind of community, a lot of people talk about Bigfoot being maybe terrestrial or extraterrestrial or, you know, interdimensional. So yeah, interdimensional. What are like super? Yeah, what are, your, what, uh, what are your feelings on that? I got to see one. I've yet to see a uh, good video. I want to believe. And I'm spending a lot of time in the woods. So we'll see. I mean, <laughs> I'm bound to have an encounter, right? Eat more mushrooms. Yeah. With me, like Bigfoot must be, I'm sure he's heard of my reputation by now and he wants to have a chat with me. He's looking for you, dude. <laughs> Don't. Sh- maybe, maybe you guys could get him on the show. We should talk to, <laughs> we should talk to Ashley. Is it Ashley? Yeah. And see if she, if we could get his number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to have a pretty good communication with him. Ashley Veenstra, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. I mean, the UFOs and the Bigfoot were just never my thing. To be to be fair, it's not like it's not that I don't believe in any of it. I just I just don't care. I would shoot a Bigfoot though if I seen one. Makes him jerky. I don't think well, he would. Right? When he the white of the Bigfoot eyes, he's not going to be able to shoot it. That's the thing. Like once you look at the eyes, you're not going to shoot it for sure. That it's not a man. Because I don't have to worry about tags and shit. I mean, if it's accidentally a deer or something, who gives a fuck? I heard you guys talking about Indian. Nephilim and uh, and you know the giants. I mean, I what? I'm starting to think that they were they weren't killed off. Those are the ones that ended yeah, up yeah. in the woods. You know, I mean, they they went underground yeah. or or to the woods or all. But they're all over the world. Over the world, they're all they've got mm-hmm. their yowies and their eddies and. Uh, the uh, oh, what's the South American bat Nephilim that uh, the Kaz um, Chupacabra? not the Chupacabra. <laughs> Chupacabra. but it seems like, yeah, definitely like history shows that there were you know very, very large humanoids that lived, um, and it shows that they all died within a seemingly similar amount of time as if you know they were slaughtered, um, you know, because it. They, they were, were hunted. hunted and like the whitewashing of history to, you know, the, the rise of the, the European militia back in the day to take out um, indigenous cultures happened massively. And, and it happened. And I, I feel like that's that's kind of what like, you know, the large Nephilim blood type genetics were, were indigenous people, people living in, you know, certain regions. And they got wiped out because they were they needed to get wiped out if the big people didn't get wiped out, then they were going to, they were going to, you know, they were going to win. Right. And or, and they had some, some, uh, some connections to the ether physics or the ether energy or this type of like metaphysical existence, which I feel like is another 
way that the ancient cultures have been wiped out slowly but surely. And oh dear, sweet lord, I'm going to stop talking. Yeah, so I, I think that the the Bigfoots were the Nephilim, and they've probably been around since the beginning of time. And if you look at like megafauna, which you guys talk about and stuff like that, the megafauna there's there's been uh, huge versions of pretty much every animal. The the wolf, the they found they finally found the giant squid too. Uh, just recently, That's they found boy. like a seventy foot squid. Uh, so. So there's there's megafauna out there. So maybe uh, there was giant humans during this time. Maybe the atmosphere was different, and maybe they were able to exist. And that's why when you see them later, uh, when they talk about them in the stories, sometimes they're it seems like almost as they're getting weaker, like they're not able to survive as well because they they can't survive in the atmosphere that we have here oh, anymore. That's, yeah, that's and the thing. and and maybe that's a reason for their extinction. And wiping out is because they were uh, pretty much to the point of being useless uh, because they they they're having a hard time even surviving, and maybe some of those escaped after when they're all being persecuted and went up into the mountains and into the woods and and went back into cave systems, and that's why people think as Bigfoot as maybe being highly intelligent is because they've they've been around for so long. They they have those animal instincts still, and they have uh, human aspects. They know where all the and more, and maybe that magic thing that you're talking about, like that ethereal type magic from like thousands and thousands of years ago that yeah. that, all, yeah. that humans had with the megalith- megalithic structures. They know where the, the electromagnetic you know, hotspots are and such, or something. Oh, cool, man! I, that's what I want to believe. I'm I'm fuck I fuck with that one. <laughs> Please, please have a deep. But I do think there's other, like, I do think it's all the above again where, where there isn't some interdimensional qualities. And I don't know if that's, if that's part of their, their magic from thousands of years ago, or if it's more of like a, a you know, an ET sort of interdimensional thing. I think that's all the above again, because, you know, if they did escape, how did they, how did they repopulate the whole world? I, I don't know. It's, it's, you know. The underground tunnels. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe the inner world is maybe it's all connected. Yeah, there, there's entrances all over the place. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fascinating. Human yeah. trafficking is that's another way that they do that. Love in the inner Earth that. too. Maybe the Bigfoots are the ones doing the human. Yeah, trafficking. they just yoink up. They just gloop a bunch of them with their big old, big old there arms. Was, there was that missing four one one story that David Politis was talking about where the other people did see a Bigfoot holding the child and then he left and took him somewhere. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's kind of weird though. Yeah. <laughs> Why does Bigfoot need to abduct humans? He needs friends, bro. Because <laughs> he's working for the deep state. <laughs> there you go. Maybe he's just a deep state CIA <sighs> agent. <laughs> Harry Henderson he undercover. Just took too many testosterone pill- pills. <laughs> It's just hairy as fuck. So, so it wasn't Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't watch it if it was. So when you when you talked about the cataclysm you're you're thinking of with the Nephilim, is that the one like the younger Dryas, or are you thinking of a cataclysm further back, like Atlantic uh, or Hyperborea, that kind of thing? Yeah, like the- I, I, well, I believe Hyperborea is Atlantis, and oh, yeah. uh, the younger Dryas. When you guys talked to Randall a lot. Uh, and and basically that whole that time period 
there was a destruction during that period. And if you look at the Bible, the Bible starts off with a flood, Noah's Ark. And how does Atlantis end? Atlantis ends with a flood. So who's to say like the survivors of Atlantis wasn't Noah or the sons of Noah? And even uh, people are like, well, you know, how did they get over or there's people in America? How'd they get over the people in America in such ancient times? Well, the whole Bible starts off with building a giant ass fucking yeah. ship. So obviously they knew how to build ships already, you know? And, and, and Noah Noah was alive for like 500 years before the flood. So there was people already 500 years before the flood that civilization was already happening. I don't know why we have this idea that that everything just started at Noah's flood. Yeah, and Darren, what were you saying? Noah's flood, Noah, the same timing of that was Osiris going to the moon? Said the same, oh, so I said Noah entered the ark on the same day that Osiris entered the moon. Wow. 17th day. Wow. I listened to this book that da- Sir Dan recommended to me called the uh, Beyond the North Wind, and it opened my mind to so much. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. So good. Yeah, that's great. We had him on uh, We had him on our Rockfin show, Christopher Mc... Mc uh, I always have a hard time with his name. McTavish or Mc... McIsaac? I can't remember. McTavish, I think. Yeah, yeah he is a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Macintosh. Macintosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I love the Hyperborea thing and the Norse mythology and, and all that stuff. It's fascinating. So there's a, there's like, it's either Greek or Roman. There's a god named Borea. You've heard of Borea? Yeah, the god of the wind, maybe, or the wind god. Yeah, and he travels to the more, north at certain times of the year, and he's said to have purple wings. Amborea, Hyperborea, Ourobora, or Aurora Borealis, they, they all have the connections to the north and northern lights. Uh, and being you guys are way up there, uh, you know, I mean, do you, do you hear many stories or is there many native stories of Canada of, of ongoings of people coming there before our known knowledge? I thought the natives did have. I thought the natives did have a uh, where the tall white man came way back when, thousands of years ago, from hyper from the the north. I don't uh, know. I'm not sure. Not my tribe. Yeah, my tribe <laughs> creator. <laughs> creator. Yeah, we we do creator. Creator. What does that? What do you mean? We do creator like that's, that's we don't do aliens or right or yeah. Northmen. No. Huh. Okay. Like, uh, you know, we were all like taken away and put in fucking crazy schools for like 80 years. So yeah. the culture is pretty much destroyed and the yeah. languages were all outlawed and powwows were outlawed. So yeah. there was like a hundred year interruption in yeah. the world. Tradition. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was, that's what we need to get back though. Like some of the, like, there's not enough, I think, podcasts, which are some of the only ways to collect oral stories into a like a physical form but of of more like ancient indigenous stories from you know from from the source itself like those are the type of interesting stories that i want to hear more captured on podcasts you know because those are the types of things that are only going to get forgotten about more as we go deeper into the technocratic takeover and you know the 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 white continuous whitewash of history 
Yeah. I talked to my chief today. I'm going to go to the, to the reserve here sometime soon and interview all the elders. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it'll be for the podcast or not. I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it. Okay. <laughs> well, at least transfer some of the information or knowledge. Exactly. There you go. If 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 you're well, allowed. it won't be up to me really. I mean, I'm getting it for a book I'm going to do down the road, but I mean, it'll be up to the to the band what they want to see happen with it. Maybe they'll want to see it turn into a book or something like that. Maybe okay. I will narrate it. Actually, I would probably get an Indian. Yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. pronounce so, it. So everything. No. So oh, getting you, into Darren. ancient oral traditions. <laughs> You guys had Jim Chesner on your show, who has recently passed away from Box Saga. Yeah, and uh, we're I'm pretty big into Box Saga over here, and I've been going through it uh, and listening to a lot of his shows and kind of trying to pull out some information and decipherment and, and trying to apply it to all the other known religions and try to make some more sense of it. Because when I first heard it, I just took it at face value. I thought it was a cool you know, Viking Norwegian story or whatever. But after, after like kind of getting into it a little bit more, I find a lot of parallels into, you know, uh, different things like Atlantis for one. And, you know, uh, the, the beginning of time, the paradise. And, and there's so many stories in there that correlate to everything that we know. And, and from my understanding and research of history it seems that all things come from one source in the past somewhere and i'm not saying that box saga is that one source but it has a lot of helpful information and when you connect it together it does help make sense of a lot of different things such as the americas you know like one of the largest pyramids is in Mexico uh, called La Danta. It's four times the base size of the Pyramid of Giza. And also, I believe one of the tallest pyramids is also in Mexico. So there seemed to be some pretty advanced technology going on with the Mayas, possibly the Mayas, or maybe the Olmecs before them. There's a lot of controversy about that also. But also, uh, they found pyramids in Cuba, and there's Bimini Road near Florida. There's the state of Georgia, which is has a city named Atlanta, Georgia. So there's that Atlantis tie. There's the Georgia tie, with Georgia being uh, north of the Caucasus Mountains and where the Ark is said to land on Mount Ararat, which is right above that, Georgia, the Georgia uh, Georgetown is where uh, all the Jesuit schools are at. There's So there's connections even into that aspect of things. And I started doing research on like the tribe of Dan. And then I got into the other different tribes from the Israelite tribes. And you can see them going all these different places. And what's interesting is when you read Bach Saga, he says there was two sons named Dan and Zvin. And Dan founded Denmark, and he sailed down the Danube River into the Black Sea and set up civilization. And the other one, Sven, who had red hair, founded Switzerland and Ireland and a couple other places. So it's really interesting that even Boxaga parallels 
some of the same stories in the Bible, just at a different perspective. Uh, so I've kind of started to find some similarities between these things. And it seems like Atlantis is very much a real place and that they had communities along these different coastlines of the of America and of Europe and Africa. And if you look at the Amazon rainforest, there's the terra firma there that they say it had to have been created. They had to have created that soil. So there's there's many connections to a possible Atlantean civilization that was maybe the whole planet at the time rather than just a small little place because there's also the Richat uh, place in Africa near Morocco. Uh, there's Donia and there's the Azores where they say they have found some other incredible stuff now. So there seems to be a lot more stuff coming forward that that Atlantis is more of a possibility than a fantasy. Uh, and I know you guys have interviewed so many great people that talk about these things. What are your insights into that now that because you've talked to so many other people about it? Are you does the box saga go back a lot further than some of those other ones? Is there is there uh, a time disparity there or they say that humans go back millions and millions of years. They don't definitively say, but they yeah. do say they predate the Ice Age, which Ice Age lasted for 50 million years. And the Paradise was before the Ice Age, but they don't exactly specify, to my knowledge at the moment, how long that Paradise time was. But they do say during the Paradise, the world was in balance and everybody, uh, the sun shined everywhere. There was no seasons because we only have seasons from the tilt so it's almost as like atlantis was a like a time frame and a and a blanket statement less of uh of what the world was and a culture before um as opposed to like a specific geographical yeah, location. they say atlantis in root language is called alt land east which means all land is ice so that was Ice Age civilization. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I think that um, after after talking to all these people, we did some Rockfin episodes on ancient ancient cultures and lost civilizations. And and I, I yeah, I just think that advanced civilization, the more we the more I look into it, the more I think it goes back further and further than we thought to, you know, uh, all over the world connected all over the world. I mean, even Thor hired all just, he, he showed they could travel across the Atlantic and the Pacific and read boats. So he, you know, I think they were traveling by sea way, way longer than we thought. I think that it was all connected and, and I think giants were involved back then. I mean, and, and how they're doing, I think that there's still mysteries on how they built all the megalithic structures and how they used energy. Like you guys were talking about. I, I mean, but I, I just don't have any any answers. I just figure that there's way more of a mystery now than than ever. We're gonna have a guy on that. I think he's he's uh, he's calculated that Gobekli Tepe and the Egyptian pyramids meet in a triangle with Atlantis with in the Azores there. And I think I think that's I think that's all just fascinating right now. And we're gonna go to Egypt and uh, the what's that place uh, called? Chiraco, is it? Um, Sakara, Sakara, where I mean the underground tunnels there are um, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Just straight mm -hmm. for drive a VW down in there, and there's all these alcoves with huge fucking granite. Yo, hit some, slabs hit some live videos and, with that, yo. I mean, 
I mean, they must have known there was cataclysms, you know, coming. Mm-hmm. Must have known. Well, they paid a lot of attention to the stars and to astrology, and they always thought of the stars as a prophetic way to tell time. Yeah. So maybe they were aware of how to discern when this is in this part of the sky, this is going to happen like a, like a giant universal clock. And I think a lot of the religions came from the same source, mm-hmm. the sun, the religion, ancient religions of the sun and the language, the language has a lot of similarities going way back. All the words that you would never think of unless you read the book on somebody that did the research and says that, the uh, etymology of this word and this word it come from the same thing, and they, you know, you'd think they're completely separate. But it's almost like the mm-hmm. story was told yeah. once at one time, at, you know, around like in this yeah. in this humble abode of of human civilization at one point, and then as the spread happened, as the tribes went, as as that happened, that's when you know the stories got altered a little bit into the different beliefs and the feelings, because as much as we're connected through you know, collective consciousness and the Akashic record, you have the individual, you know, personalities that make us individually different, which allow that fucking perception of shit. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy because every single Theos, they, they bump into each other somewhere along, along the storylines. And it's just inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable and almost ignorant to, to plead the other. Yeah. Darren, you got any thoughts on that? No. (laughs) I think that Atlantis was the pre-civilization. I think it was just what they called their shit. Just like we call it Earth. And that's, uh, I don't know, I think it's kind of cyclical. We've just been kind of back and forth between, you know, I don't think it even all has to be the same, the shit they're finding from America before or the the Bimini Road or the different pyramids. I mean, this shit might happen every 10,000 years. It could happen every 5,000 years. It could happen every 2,000 years. We don't have a fucking clue. And if it happened 2,000 years ago, we wouldn't know. So, you know, I guess we'll see what happens over the next little while. I mean, some of the ancient texts seem to point that it happens every 13,000 years. And some of the smarter people I know would say that it happened like 13,000 years ago. So... That doesn't bode well. I try not to <laughs> yeah. think about stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Got any final questions, Roman? Oh, snaps. <sighs> so you guys just had on Mysterious Universe guy, which was a really great episode. I I love that guy. He's, ben, ben Grundy. Yes, Ben Grundy. His voice, man. I could just, you should have him narrate your book. If you can get that down, lock that down. Everybody would listen. He's got a sexy, sultry voice. I'm with it. You know, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, that was a great episode. And uh, so what was it like for you guys to uh, get someone like that, that inspired you 100%? That would be like Dan and I meeting Greg Carwood and being like, yo, you're the reason that we have a show together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of, the, he was the, one of the main reasons why we have a show together. So yeah, it was great to, you know what? It was great to, uh, to be able to talk with him about what he wanted to talk about at this time, you know, because we can, you know, he's, they've talked about so many sort of just the mysterious universe type stuff, you know, the sort of the esoteric and magical and, and uh, you know, all the, all the stories that they, they talk about, but for him to get into like the real hardcore conspiracies like China and all that and uh, what's happening from a more sort of hardcore real level was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. You know? 
you weren't you weren't like uh, disappointed with what with what he brought to the table, you know, which can happen with like some of those, you know, our idols in the in the field. It's like you'll meet them and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with what happened, man. Yeah, meeting Grand America is super underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It brings all of the vibes. You guys both look familiar. I don't know what it is. It, the one on the it, left looks like Alec Jones if he let himself go a couple <laughs> of weeks. <laughs> look. Oh, nice. I love it. You got the I'm wearing there. your shirt, and you're telling me I look like a fat fucking Alex Jones. No, no, it's the beard. It's no, the, the beard. beard. Not the- no, he said let your beard go a couple of weeks. You could, uh, you, could, uh, you could do a great Jones impression, I bet. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, fucking aliens. <laughs> gay frogs. I, I don't know Alex Jones. Fucking gay frogs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, so I got I got one more question before we get into the rest of the pleasantries. Uh, I, I pretty much know what Darren's going to say about this because of his joyous, pessimistic attitude. Uh, He'll it's say, a, it's, it's, huh? I'm the ultimate optimist. <laughs> I said joyous pessimistic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so my final question is, what do you guys think that the pyramids were actually used for? Oh, geez. Classic. Stashing seeds in before the cattle. Oh, okay. I thought... I totally thought, Darren, you were just going to say a pile of rocks. <laughs> Maybe the pyramids were made from the, what was ever left over from the ore that they mined to extract the titanium to reinforce the moon. Okay. To leave some seeds for the there, fuckers that stayed behind. But why stack it in a pyramid? What a bunch of sweeties. Well, it's not just a pyramid. We couldn't get into the pyramid without like blowing a giant fucking hole in the side of it. So when that whole area was submerged by water, chances are that or when the water washed over, you know, when it rained for two months straight, it probably didn't get wet in there. And I mean, the sarcophagus is so big and so perfect and so hermetically sealed with the lid on that it's not for bodies. There's no bodies in it. There's no bodies in any of them, none of them. And then you look Stuff like Ben showed us down in, in the Serapium and shit where there's just like 30 of these boxes. There's 70 or 100 tons each, and the lid fits on them so fucking tight that, they, that they're hermetically sealed. And they're tucked into a little fucking alcove that's like two feet bigger all the way around. And a bunch of the lids are all knocked off in a jar, and there's no bodies in them. And there's no seeds. So it seems like there was... It's either high tech energy, either high technology or... that we don't understand, or it's like boxes filled with shit. Because you know they were responsible enough, maybe that time around, to see something coming and you know care for it a little bit. Yeah, sensory deprivation, or maybe I'm gonna smoke some DNT in the bitch. Oh yeah, please do. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was like a high tech harnessing of energy type thing, or or like sensory deprivation chamber for like Astra or a weapon. Yeah, that could be in the high tech thing. Yeah, my buddy's bringing a DMT pen to Egypt, so I might try and hit it in the sarcophagus, in the king's chamber, in the great pyramid. There you go. 
But Graham's worried I might fuck out. Might, oh yeah, he might just jump. he might, might just disappear. He might just turn into like an Anubis, Anubis or something. What if I dis- oh. End up with a dog's head or a I'm hawk's head Anubis. or something. Or- Whatever yes. your true spirit yes. animal yes. is the, 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 that you're connected to will actually start to you'll you will have morph yes. at least into whatever your your spirit guide is. Yeah. There's gonna be something that's lightning bolt. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it, baby. Hey, that's- so what do you think, Graham? About the pyramids? Yeah. I think it's high tech or, or a sensory or and a sensory deprivation chamber. Okay. For astral astral travel or magic or whatever. So I, I have two, kind of two ideas. One is uh, the word itself is pi ra mid, right? Ooh. Fire in the middle. Oh. So fi- what's, what, is, what does that do? Uh what happens? What would happen if you put a fire in the middle of a pyramid? Uh, I did this experiment a long time ago in like seventh grade, where if you put a match into a bottle and then put a hard-boiled egg on top, it'll, the oxygen will suck it down into the bottle, right? So maybe if you put a hot fire in, in the middle of a pyramid, uh, it could suck water up into it. And maybe that's what they were using it for. They were using it for a form of uh, terraforming and sucking water up through the pyramid and creating steam and creating uh, cloud seeding technology to grow more crops. So earlier, earlier versions of uh, like of it. weather generators. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and that's how. And that's how the whole uh, southern Egypt, or not only Egypt, but Africa. Or was it the desert, the Sahara? Well, well, one of those was totally terraformed, wasn't it? Ooh, so uh, they say the Sahara, the Sahara, like twenty thousand years ago, was yeah. like a rain, uh, a rain tropical yeah. rainforest. Yeah, that's, there you go. So maybe that's how that was created. Or, yeah, or like so yeah. that's kind of fun to think about yeah. too, because if they were or, sucking so much moisture out of the air by creating these weather manipulators, then they could have shifted. Everything was they're sucking it. The out, they're sucking it out of the ground. Sucking it. Well, so if you how who knows how much if there's a lethal amount of water that can be sucked through the ground that will change like the atmospheric conditions of the location doing it, and then that could cause a cataclysm on its own. So maybe they made themselves go extinct by getting too deep into their own technologies and not understanding the repercussions of it. That's a theory, also. That's well, the water vapor is the biggest greenhouse gas. It's like a thousand times or a hundred times CO2. What is? Water vapor. Oh, word. If oh. we had those cars that exhausted water that everyone was talking about like 50 years ago, we'd all be fucking dead. Yeah. Huh. We'd have nuked ourselves. Probably. That's because that, that's very much a lot. Uh, uh, it, it was a false falsity. I feel like some of those some of those statements that they let out, you know, the numbers were skyrocketed a little bit to like kind of make everybody kind of scared and, you know, not to, not to dive too deep into, you know, or what do you guys feel about um, the, the global warming, the climate change? Do you think it's a part of a bigger agenda or do you think it is actually an issue that we face? I think it's a big agenda. I, I just don't trust anything that they say anymore. I just can't, I can't trust it. 
I mean, the climate's always been a changing. I think we're in a pretty normal period right now, actually. If you look back at the cycles, like Randall Carlson will show and all that, I think it's pretty We're pretty due for shit right to now. go fucking sideways. Yeah. So yeah. keep your eye on the climate. I think they're focusing on the wrong thing, though. They shouldn't be focusing on carbon dioxide. They should be focusing on pollution and asteroids and rogue comets and shit like that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Graham, you've been doing a lot of narration yeah uh so people can find you on audible correct narrating some books Uh, can you tell us what books that you have narrated so far and maybe what's upcoming in the future yeah you bet thanks for giving us that opportunity um the secret doctrine part one is uh, up there and the secret doctrine part two anthropogenesis is being narrated right now and the secret teachings of all ages darren's got that edited and it's coming out fairly fairly soon as well there's the esoteric structure of the alphabet uh secret societies of all ages and countries parts one and two and uh song of the immortal beloved by uh on spiritual alchemy that new book is being narrated now and the original is out there which is eric p anthony's book he was a guest of ours so yeah that's uh that's the gist of it you can go to adultbrain.ca to to uh to find links to all that stuff so you guys both kind of tag team it you're kind of the reader and he does the editing yeah. and all that yeah. stuff that's yeah fucking so awesome. that's that's public domain books out there that that we want to learn about and that, that i want to read of course i mean that's the that's the <laughs> The caveat there, you know. Dude, that's so awesome. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's going really well. <laughs> How amazing is that to like kind of fulfill does, does that teams. pay well? Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah, does that what pay well? Uh no, no, not no? yet. No, not yet. No, I no, mean, you have to spend a lot of hours reading some of those. Oh yeah, dude. I got uh, tomes. Like pages. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's like it's all like hundreds of hours, but I don't know. It's it's kind of fun and and it it does pay. It doesn't pay well, but it's it pays. Spir- it's spiritual yeah. wealth, bro. That's what but it's, it's good about, to get right? those books out there. Yeah, yeah. It's good to get Empire those books out there for people to listen to. Yeah. Also, yeah, a lot of people are super lazy about reading, but will listen to a book. I am that person. So yeah, me too. I mean, I try to listen to it all the time too. So we're we're, we're going to pick some good ones out of the public domain as well. And and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be. Uh, good. And then tell us all the new kind of, cause I see you guys everywhere. How many different Grimerica shows are there now? Well, uh, we, got the original, we got the original Grimerica show, which is value for value. There's no ads or anything on any of our, our platforms, but uh, that one we do once a week or so. And then we have Grimerica outlawed, which is kind of hitting the more controversial stuff. That's not on YouTube. And, and I saw that got exterminated from Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one episode for now, I think. Yeah. Wow. It's so funny, eh? Like, That's how is it this starts. Spotify, like, why would they even bother? It's five months old. Like, as if anybody's fucking downloading that and listening to it now, really. I mean, yeah. it's our new feed. It's not nearly as popular as our old feed. Like, it's just weird. Like, do they, are they that, do they that care that much that they're going to. They're what, being very specific with for, the cancel, oh, a couple cancel culture. But at max, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's it's. And what, what else? What else? Did, what else was there? So we got Grimerica, Grimerica Outlawed, and uh, Rockfin, and our just our videos on Rockfin. Grimerica. Are you do live videos on Rockfin? Well, no, we do. Uh, I mean, we do do some live videos. We're streaming on Rockfin now, just because YouTube's not being very friendly. But 
we do like a, just a video series. Like we did the lost civilizations and we did some weather. We did some climate change stuff, sort of anti, anti mainstream climate change narrative stuff. And, um, we're doing another bunch of them right now for Rockfin. So yeah, we're doing an event with Joe. We got contacted the cabin. We're doing an event with Joe magic in the mountains oh, in, uh, Arizona in February with Joe Roop, Owen Hunt and Brandon Powell. Mm, right. Yeah. Contact so, yeah, at the yeah. When we get cool, we're going to try to go out there and meet up at one of those things with some of yeah, you guys. Fuck, that'd be great. Yeah, you guys yeah. are awesome. So go check out America on all those platforms and go check out some books on Audible, read by Graham Dunlop. And uh, Mr. Homie Romy, you got anything to add? I just thank you guys so much for uh, for chatting with us. Um, this has been a big deal um, for us over here um, because uh, you know we're just we're babies in the scene, and it, it was like it was just uh, yeah, it's been something I'm planning for. It's kind of hard to plan for these things. So I was like, shit. <laughs> it was just like, but I just really am grateful and uh, thank you guys so much. Um, and I'm going to continue to share your show and listen and, and, um, and maybe we meet again. Thanks. Thanks. We really appreciate it. I love how guys like you are just getting out there and doing it. There's you guys are super knowledgeable and it's, it's awesome that everybody's, uh, you know, able to just put their knowledge out there for people and have these conversations. So really appreciate it. Sorry. I called you Alex Jones. <laughs> Oh, it's okay, man. It's all right. It's all right. At least I get some kind of respect, you know? Uh, I, I was just, uh, <laughs> I see you uh, always giving Graham the nudge and uh, kind of messing with him. So I I thought I'd throw a little back at you, you know? I appreciate it. <laughs> he likes it, bro. He likes it. Masochist. Yeah. <laughs> It's all it's all love though. It's Hell all yeah, love. Baby. No no hostility, no anger, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, thank you guys very much for uh jumping on our humble little podcast. I mean, we're barely working up to episode 10. Uh I think we have 10 in the sack and uh we got eight or seven seven actual uh recordings with uh interviews and then three uh that me and roman just did solo going over 50 conspiracy questions uh but you know we're we're getting out there and we're we're trying to get more coming up in the future we got a pack schedule for the rest of this month already of interviews and uh we're just trying to get ourselves out there and make ourselves known and uh so it's a big blessing for to have Grimerica, which was my number two show that I started listening to a long time ago. You know, Higher Side Chats was number one, sorry. But you guys were definitely number two, and I was I was all there for it. I just want to say, though, that I miss some of the old days, guys. I miss talking about Bigfoot. I miss talking about ancient societies. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired about hearing about COVID. I'm kind of with Team... Team Darren on that one, Graham. That's why we started up the other show because we got a whole <laughs> bunch of like we got our our I mean our normal food is all about uh that kind of stuff. So yeah, we yeah. got lots of UFOs and spirituality and healing and all kinds of stuff like that on, on the original show. So that's a little more lighter. We do like a little intro in there, and then our other show outlawed is a little bit more of the the COVID esque type stuff. I love the I love right. the original food. Controversial. I hear so much COVID shit. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, 
Uh, I appreciate it. Today was actually my birthday, so you're part of my party. Happy uh, birthday. <laughs> I'm really sad you guys didn't wear hats. <laughs> I usually do wear hats. I have a collection of hats upstairs. But uh, I just turned 40. Happy birthday. Uh, Good so news. I'm almost as old as Graham. <laughs> the poppies. The Pablos. Forty. Yeah, yeah, I just turned forty a couple months ago. All right, so we're in the we're in the forty club. This is this is what forty looks like. Sadly, Alex Jones, <laughs> you shut up. Forty to fifty-five were statistically the most successful years of a person's life. Oh, oh wow, man! There you 100%. go. Hundred percent. Most people don't even start to find success until their forties. Excellent. Well, there you go. You should be excited. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys and uh, have fun out there in C- Canada. Thanks, All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having thanks, us. Guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.
the ashes. Wake up.